Persinium crucis, dinimicis nostris, liberanos deis noster, in omni patris et filii et spiritus sancti. Amen. My Lord and my God, I firmly believe that you are here, that you see me, that you hear me. I adore you with profound reverence. I beg your pardon for my sins and the grace to spend this time of prayer fruitfully. My Immaculate Mother, Saint Joseph, my Father and Lord, my Guardian Angel, intercede for me. In the Gospel of Saint Luke, the uh, portion we read in the Mass today the Thursday, the 26th of November, the uh, Thursday of the 34th week in ordinary time, the last week of uh, in ordinary time. This coming Sunday marks the beginning of a new liturgical year with the first Sunday of Advent. So today we uh, hear or uh, learn that Jesus said to his disciples, when you see Jerusalem surrounded by armies, know that its desolation is at hand. Then those in Judea must flee to the mountains. Let those within the city escape from it, and let those in the countryside not enter the city. For these days are the time of punishment when all the scriptures are fulfilled. As you may have recognized, the gospel, this text, transports us to this scene. That we can imagine the face of Jesus, a face, a, a, an expression in, in the face of warning, of reminding the, his listeners forewarning them of events, terrible events that will, that, that will happen. In fact, he describes it as when you see Jerusalem surrounded by armies, know that its desolation is at hand. The absence of consolation, the opposite of consolation, desolation, destruction, hopelessness, suffering. Well, this, uh, these words would, could be applied to the words, or rather to the destruction of Jerusalem in the year 70 AD, Anno Domini, after Christ. Christ had already ascended to heaven, the Holy Spirit had already descended upon uh, on the new or the members of that infant church, which included the Virgin Mary. And the apostles had started, uh, you know, spreading out in the no into the known world. There was a diaspora. And, uh, well, you know, the Jews are of a very explosive uh, temperament. They could just get so mad and do crazy things. Yeah. 
you may recall what they did one afternoon, uh, or I think in the morning, one after one morning, it was a Friday, when they screamed for the execution, the crucifixion of this carpenter from Nazareth. Terrible, right? Well, Jesus was warning them of the coming destruction of Jerusalem because they had been unfaithful to God, to the covenant that God had made with them. This was not a new thing. Some centuries before, Jerusalem was also destroyed by, I think, by the Babylonians. And God had threatened them with that destruction and that they would be exiled. And they were exiled in Babylon, some so many kilometers to the east of Israel. Well, it was a great humiliation for the Israelites, a great shame that God seemed to have abandoned them. Well, actually, it was they them who had abandoned God. In any case, the Jews knew this in their history. But now our Lord was underlining a different, a different destruction still to come. Those in Judea must flee to the mountains. Let those within the city escape from it and let those in the countryside not enter the city for these days are the time of punishment when all the scriptures are fulfilled. So there is this more description of that. Woe to pregnant women and nursing mothers in those days for a terrible calamity will come upon the earth and a wrathful judgment upon this people. Wrath, extreme anger, fury, destructive fury. The wrath of God, judging. Well, as we are now, we are like more relaxed. We don't see an avenging God riding in the sky, attacking a certain parts of the population, of the world population. We don't see that. So we don't feel threatened. We, we can go on with our sins or, or, or virtues, our lives in whatever way we think is best. But our Lord lets us read this in the New Testament, the last book of the New Testament. There's going to be this desolation. They will fall by the edge of the sword and be taken as captives to all the Gentiles, similar to the one that happened centuries before because of the Babylonians. And Jerusalem will be trampled underfoot by the Gentiles until the times of the Gentiles are fulfilled. This was a prophecy of what was going to happen to Jerusalem. But this also could be applied to the end of the world. Destruction and so forth. The, the gospel continues there will be signs in the sun, the moon, and the stars, and on earth nations will be in dismay, perplexed by the roaring of the sea and the waves. So there will be natural uh, signs to signal this 
this end of the world. The sun, the moon, the stars, the sea and the waves. People will die of fright in anticipation of what is coming upon the world. For the powers of the heavens will be shaken. Can you imagine that? Jesus, wow, this must be a terrible event. Terrifying event. Most terrifying. Because uh, the, the uh, powers of the heavens will be shaken. I think the last time the, the sun was shaken was because was uh, was during the dancing of the sun, right? When Our Lady of Fatima had um, performed something to make people see uh, how serious she was. Uh, this was not just anybody talking. It was the it was a high power in heaven, who is the Mother of God. People will die of fright in anticipation of what is coming upon the world. For the powers of the heavens will be shaken. And then they will see the Son of Man coming in a cloud with power and great glory. The end of the world. Our Lord had ascended to heaven and sits at the right hand of the Father. From there he shall come to judge the living and the dead. Well, here it is. The Son of Man will be seen coming in a cloud with power and great glory. But when these signs begin to happen, stand erect. Raise your heads because your redemption is at hand. Although it's terrifying, the people who have been preparing for the Lord's coming would behave differently from those who were not preparing for the Lord's coming. These latter people would be terrified. Maybe those who were preparing for the Lord's second coming would also experience some terror. But it's Jesus' coming. They've been always talking with Jesus during their norms, in their acts of contrition, right? Their apostolic activity, their work sanctified. We, we face God. So that Jesus Christ appeared there. Wow. It's, it would be just a, an ordinary event, right? Not terrifying or uh, sensational. It's the Lord. There's some, there would be some familiarity, you know, among those who have been preparing for the coming of the Lord. And, uh, and this we aspire to have, to be, to be prepared. So that we can... Stand erect, raise our heads, because our redemption is at hand. God will avenge us. God will, you know, reset the world. Because nowadays, evil runs rampant with impunity. They make fun of the people who try to be good. They laugh. They mock the followers of Christ or those who are seriously in, uh, in endeavoring to become holy. Well, these will be the ones terrified, really. They will not be able to raise their heads because it's not their redemption that is at hand, but their condemnation. Their condemnation. 
So how will we prepare for the Lord's coming? One of the virtues that we need to uh, take very good care of is obedience. Having this supernatural outlook, which is not something we produce by ourselves. It's not something that we cook up and produce or manufacture or, or, or sculpt, or, or sculpt uh, ourselves in stone or on marble. It is a gift from God. It's a grace from God. We need to ask our Lord for, Lord, give me this supernatural outlook, more of this, so I learn to obey. So I learn to obey like you obeyed your father. In fact, you came into existence as a human being with a human nature in obedience to your father. All your life was an obedience to your Father's will until it culminated in Calvary. Not my will, but your will be done. You prayed in the Garden of Gethsemane. Our Lord has given us this example of obedience to the will of His Father with His entire life. His entire life was an obedience. I get the sensation or the impression that our Lord is just, as He was uh, living out His life here on earth, as His life unfolded on earth from His conception to His death on the cross, our Lord was just obeying a script. Because when He died, just before He died, He said, I thirst. A rather insignificant declaration, except to, ex except to express a great suffering he was experiencing, which was thirst. Sitzia, I thirst in Latin. And they rushed to soak a sponge with vinegar, I think some wine, and thrust it on a uh, stalk or spear or something to reach up to his mouth. And then when he sipped that sponge, he said, it is accomplished, finished. It's like he was reading a book or writing a book or following a book and its instructions. He has finished taking the test. He obeyed his father. This is our obedience. Seeing God the Father behind all events. All. Absolutely all events. He does not make us sin. He permits the devil to tempt us. What he does is to test us. So they can be like temptations also, but they are tests so that we gain in virtue. You know, the other day, I, uh, well, I hope you don't under, you understand, but uh, I am just like you. When I drove from this center to my home, I passed uh, Pope John Paul II Avenue, and I drove towards the seminaries. 
there is a break in the island, the middle, uh, the center island of this uh, avenue. And then I was, I, 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 saw, I thought I saw it, the whole road was mine. So I, I sped up, eager to have breakfast soon. And, uh, but out came this taxi driver, his taxi with his taxi to make a left turn. No? I mean, maybe a U-turn. So he was coming from the other direction on the other side, on the left of the island. And then he suddenly, well, he, I think he saw me. I mean, it's pretty, I mean you, don't, you don't make a U-turn like that just, just uh, upon whim. You, you check the road. You check the, whether there are cars coming. So I was coming. He just cut in front of me. So I had to break hard. And I felt, you know, my temper rising. Like uh, the, the United States uh, preparing for nuclear war. So the DEFCOM, they call it. Uh, the, the defense level, uh, alertness and uh, uh, use of resources. So, so high. They, they, they are ready to fight. Or flee. So I knew that, and I prayed. And uh, instead of speeding up and looking at the driver and not giving him a dagger look, I just drove slowly behind him. He was driving also slow, so I just drove even more slowly. Uh, and then I was able to pass him. I was on his left side. That's how you. That's how you. 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 You overtake, right? On the left, I didn't look at him. I, whatever he feels, I hope he's okay. I prayed for him and went on ahead of him. You know, events like that, they're 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 permitted by God or even wanted by God, so that we gain in virtue. So I suppose, Lord, I gained in something, patience, or charity, or or or, huh? or prayerfulness, or or some other thing. And find out, find your other reactions, right? Do we react with supernatural outlook? This is God behind this. For me to learn a lesson, to, to learn something, or an opportunity He gives me to imitate Jesus in suffering, Jesus in teaching, to Jesus in doing apostate, Jesus who is eating in, his, in a friend's house. Jesus who is sleeping. Jesus, so I'm given these opportunities in my life so that I make myself, uh, with His grace, more like Him. You know, that we obey the Lord who is behind these events, these people, these uh, things. We obey Him. So, to be charitable, for example, I mean, you could have cursed. Uh, I could have cursed the driver. I could have uh, berated him. I could have blocked him. No, you know, go faster than him because he was going slow on the left, on the right lane, uh, and we were going the same direction. But it's like the, the avenue has space for two cars abreast. So he was slow in the right lane. So I mean, I was also slow behind him on his left side. On his left side, right? I could have got, sped up. And then blocked him, and then come out of my vehicle to, uh, you know, berate him. So, uh, without thinking, right? 
that there is something much deeper here at play. And that is the action of God. The, the, the role of the Lord there. And then we just have to obey. Obey Him. He wants me to be patient. He wants me to. He's challenging my temper. And He wants me to practice more patience or charity or prayerfulness or something like that. For that, you have to be very humble. Our Lord was very humble, you know. And that's why He had this uh, well, he was always having the beatific vision. The, his human nature faced the divine nature perfectly. He had the beatific vision all the time. And, uh, but he was very humble. You know? I mean, to be struck by someone during his passion, judgment in the Sanhedrin. He, 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 you know, he, he was slapped, he was kicked. I mean, I suppose he kicked, boxed. He could have just Defended himself and karate chop and flying kick or something similar. He did not. He accepted the will of his father. He obeyed his father behind those events. And this is to have supernatural outlook. The motive, the immediate motive for obedience is to the love of God. As St. John wrote in his 14th chapter, verse 15, If you love me, si diligitis me, mandata mea servate. If you love me, you will keep my commandments. Lord, I love you. Although that love may sort of disappear when I am challenged, when my ego is challenged. Or I see a, an opportunity to affirm selfishly myself when I pursue an illicit pleasure, waste my time in, in things that do not lead me to you. So, I, I'm not loving you in those times. That is why our obedience has to be, be cheerful, generous, and sacrificing. Okay, to be cheerful, generous, and self-sacrificing. Added to being humble, cheerful, because we're following our Lord. And what He wants is the best for us. Therefore, why why should we be sad? You know, Lord, I'm tempted, or as an initial reaction, or a continued reaction, although I fight it. Uh, this this self pity, huh? uh, because I have I, it fell on me to do this, <laughs> that I cannot go out because of uh, I have to be I have to be the paong bahay. So I cannot go out when the others can go on excursion. So we pity ourselves. We pity ourselves after working so hard. And then we're not rewarded by a promotion. The promotion goes to another, another person who doesn't work as hard as you do. Or similar things, you know, that we are challenged to obey a commandment of God. Because we love our Lord, we, we want to follow those, that, that, that commandment, that will, to be obedient. 
as they say, to be obedient to the events that happen around us. To be obedient to our uh, state, or the obligations of our state. You're an engineer. I mean, you, you have obligations as an engineer to study, to analyze, to ask for advice, or to go to the uh, laboratory to analyze the soil, or whatever other conditions for you to build or construct something. And to construct something well. So we have to obey these protocols, these long cuts, as you may call them. Obedience has to be cheerful, generous. We know the feeling. We're not spring chickens. We know the feeling that we have to swallow our pride, swallow our self-pity, and do it. Right? Sometimes we are beset you know, by this uh, self-pity thing or, you know, we want to obey but not fully obey, you know, and we want to uh, grumble about it. That's very selfish of us. Our Lord did not grumble. Our Lady did not grumble. St. Peter did not grumble when he was going to be crucified also, upside down as he requested. The, the grumbling... I don't know, these principal figures of the New Testament did not grumble, murmur, or uh, stamp on the, on, the, on the floor in frustration. Our Lord, he wept when he saw Jerusalem in the ridge east of Zion, east of Jerusalem. The other mountain, which is the Mount of Olives. He reached the ridge after arriving there from the farther away. And he stopped, he paused on his on his donkey, or, or I don't know, or he was walking. And he saw Jerusalem. He pitied Jerusalem. <laughs> he cried. Huh? Because his own people rejected him. What do you what would you feel? Your own family. Rejects you or throws you out of the house. You'll cry as well, right? So our Lord obeyed his human nature, his, uh, you know, his uh, uh, without sin though. Uh, but he behaved in a hum humanly way uh, because you have to be human in order to be divine. Right? Um, well, you know, I don't remember what time I started. So let's check the time right now. And uh, we have only three minutes left. Good thing. I, I checked. So obedience is the name. Uh, it's the thing that we have to check. But having supernatural outlook. That we have to see God. Adauge nobis fidem. Spem et caritatem. We ask God to increase our faith, hope, and charity. So we see God behind things. That we pause a little no? and sort of put on a pair of glasses and open our eyes and say, yeah. yeah, what does God want me to do here in this situation? At least to have that question as an aspiration, Lord, I am challenged by this situation, the, these circumstances, these, uh, what, what do you think? 
all what is your will for me now. So we open ourselves to a supernatural outlook, a vision that will not be make that will not make us sad. That will make us even more generous in giving ourselves. It will make us even more sacrificing of ourselves. We seize the opportunity, therefore. I mean, if you if you know that the, these stones are diamonds, you stoop or squat here and collect all of them because you see that they're diamonds. But if you only see that they're rocks, no, and you know what's there in a desert floor, in desert ground, nothing. You won't behave differently. But if you were told that they were diamonds, actual diamonds that you, that you should polish first, then you'll see how beautiful they are. Then you will seize the opportunity. So the same thing. Our own mistakes. We, we see this opportunity to, to conquer that discouragement or that fear or that uh, temptation to uh, waste our time. There are opportunities that God gives us. Thank you, Lord, for them. Help me to make use of them all the time. Just like our lady, who was an inconsequential maiden in, in Nazareth. Nothing. I mean, she, to her name, nothing. Not famous, not rich, not, uh, I don't know, uh, did not have a power job or made, she didn't make millions of dollars a month or and that's not important. The important thing is she obeyed God's will. And because she did that, blessed are you among women and blessed is the fruit of your womb. I thank you, my God, for the good resolutions, affections, and inspirations that you have communicated to me in this meditation. I beg your help in performing them. My Immaculate Mother, St. Joseph, my Father and Lord, my guardian angel, intercede for me. Santa Maria, Spes Nostra, Ancilla Domini, Ora Pro Nobis.